Okay, so we're in the process of um, we're in the process of trying to understand the Yerushalmi in its own terms. So our first agenda today is to understand the way in which um, three Achronim who were writing Perushim on the Yerushalmi understood the Yerushalmi. Now we talked last time about Taimosha. I think um, I think it's worth going over again to understand exactly what the Taimosha did. Um, and we're going to, we're going to talk about the Ridbaz, we're going to talk about the Didi Nefesh, which is the translation that Barilan includes, but it's not just a translation, it's a commentary. Uh, I want to understand them in their own terms. And then I want to move into um, Achronim who are discussing the Halacha. And I want to show how a moving the discussion of the Yerushalmi into Halacha, I think, and you'll have to say if you agree, radically transforms it. But it's not clear it radically transforms it in a way which is untrue to the text in the way that if you distort the text to match a Bavli is doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? It just puts it in the context of law. And putting a text in the context of law can be a radical shift. So I want to see how you, how you relate, if we get that far, which, um, to the transformation of the Gemara into a completely different kind of, um, of framework. And then, which we almost certainly won't get to this week, but I'll do next week, is we'll try and figure out like how do we deal with the, uh, so one thing is the, tra- is the transformation in terms of um, intellection, right? What kind of questions are you asking when you're deciding, when you're thinking about law as opposed to when you're thinking about a text? And that kind of question is, how do you relate to the, what's, how do you deal with the interrelationship between halakha thought about as an intellectual product, as a product of argument, and halakha thought about as a product of authority? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take um, some of the same questions we've addressed We'll address through the acronyms for the Nesiva specifically, in terms of right how you this Yerushalmi translates into law, and then I'm going to do a purely mechanical approach to authority, in terms of right in terms of the questions of the suga, and then just like so how do we put that together, right? Because I argue always that you know that, that halacha always emerges from a combination of textual interpretation, svara, and authority. So I want to just try and model that in the in this suga, and then hopefully if we get through that, then we can figure out where we go next. Okay, we're going to try and do all this without reference to the Bavli. Um, and then we'll go back and, right, and look, right, we can, you have in the back of your minds, and I did, I think, a little, perhaps a little too much last time, I was trying to put all this in the framework of the Bavli. You have that in the back of your minds, but then we're also, I, I'm telling you up front, and as the Teimosh already quotes, I think, that there is a Bavli analog to this Sugya, but it's not in this parak. So we're going to pretend for now that Babli doesn't, analog doesn't exist. And then having done everything we can, the Yerushalmi, and even taking the Yerushalmi to Halacha, we're going to go back and look at the Babli analog and see, is it really analog? Maybe it's just a mistake. Right? It has the same words, but really the way to understand the Yerushalmi properly is that the Babli and the Yerushalmi have no relationship to each other. Or, right, radical thesis I wanted to suggest all along, maybe that's behind everything that occurs in, in the Babli, even though it's never mentioned in our parak. Okay. Okay, so here's our text again, right? The text says, So cheret umanin v'chazru ben yadan latachtona, v'im balabayas chazar bo yado latachtona. Okay, so we have halacha. It appears to be a completely reciprocal halacha uh, of chazara, that if umanin and balib, or a balabayat uh, in some way um, call backsies on an employment contract, then what we do is we say, we don't, we don't, we don't um, impose specific performance on the workers, 
We don't say they have to do the work. We don't say whatever the equivalent would be if there is one on the employer. Right? We just say that when you calculate what has to be paid as a result, whoever was the person who reneged is the person who has to pay, right, who's at, at the low end of the, as, as the low end of whatever of the, of the, um, of the negotiation. Okay, so we again, we just background, right, we remember that there is a mission which begins, uh, which begins, um, uh, but we saw that the simple shot of the Yerushalmi, though it gets many, many complicated, is that the Yerushalmi understands that to be a case of hitu, and not of chazru, so there, right, in which case our Mishnah, this line of Mishnah is the only discussion we have of what of the law of, of the law of Khazru, and I think for this week let's just take that as a given. Okay, this is the only discussion of Khazru. The prior discussion was of Hitu. Okay, then there's a repetition, which we might at some point bother with, which is where it says, But the easy way of dealing with that is that you know what? We have a specific case of Paul Ibn Umanim, and then we right, which is then assimilated to a general rule about contract negotiation. And the other thing about that is that right, so all we all this mission says is right is that Chazara means that when if, if we have to calculate outcomes, you lose. That's a rule generally, and there's nothing different about employment. Right? That's the simplest way of reading this. But also that Nishana is any any attempt to negotiate a change. Yeah. Is the rubric of Kozer, or is just, or is it slightly different? Could be, or it could be. It's a reference to the next parak, right? About changing the, right, changing the, changing the from the norms, right? I think that's easier. Okay, so then, right? We noted the first thing we note immediately in the Gemara is that the Gemara seems to frame the discussion not in terms of general contract law, but specifically in the context of employment, right? Because Rav says kilibid Yisrael avadim, and Rav Yochanan says evidivri. So we could still say, you know what, you have a Havamina that is different, and all they're doing is kind of tell you, you know, it's not actually different, it's really just the principle of contract law. Um, or we could say that, no, we made a mistake, and actually, right, we, the, right, the Amorim, the, the, the if what the Amorim are doing is interpreting the Mishnah, which is an assumption, um, right, they're claiming that this is not, a, this is not a, a standard case of contract law, but there's something exceptional about employment law. Yes? Okay. So Rav says, Okay, so Rav makes the right to claim that Jews cannot be kone each other. Right, so he put out that, you know, on the surface, this is a ridiculous claim, because there is a category called evidivri, so you have to figure out what does that mean, right, if you interpret to mean Jews can't buy each other when they can. And what does it have to do with our Mishnah? Rav Yochanan says, evidivri hi matnisa, um, so we pointed out that there are a number of anomalies in the language. First of all, is Rav Amar first, Amar Rav Yochan afterwards in the Bavli. Uh, in the Bavli, would ha- if you wanted to set up a Makhluk, the first person would have to be Amar Rabbi X, and the second person would have to be Rav X Amar. It doesn't write in, in the Bavli, Amar Rabbi is, the, right, is, is, is always either the first position or a commentary, not a Makhlukit. So that's one thing that's right, that particularly if you have a Bavli sensibility, it's not obvious to me from a rapid perusal of Barilan that this is always the case in the Yerushalmi. But if you have a Bavli language sensibility, then you would certainly be sensitive to this. I don't know about Yerushalmi. It was my ambition once early in life to try and reclaim Yerushalmi terminology uh, when I was young and arrogant and didn't realize other people had tried and failed also. Uh, I don't know at this stage. I haven't done the research well enough. 
It's also the case that Rav looks like he is quoting or developing Midrash Halacha, whereas Rav Yochanan looks like he's interpreting the Mishnah. So we also don't know what the relationship of those of those are is, obviously. Okay, and then the Gemara claims that there's a Nafgamina, right, which seems like, which looks like it is setting up as a Machloket. Aldate de Rav, Bain Poel, Bain Balabayis, Yechol Lachsrebo, Aldate de Rabbi Yochanan, Poel, Yechol Lachsrebo, Velo Balabayit. So we noted immediately is, first of all, there's no non-reciprocal relationship mentioned in the Mishnah. So what is Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan's relationship, the, the position the Gemara attributes to Rabbi Yochanan can't, doesn't seem to have any obvious relationship to the Mishnah, because the Mishnah, everything is backwards, right? Everything is reciprocal. And yet he says, no, there's something the Pole can do that the Balabayas can't. So we don't know, right? So we initially solve the problem, what is the relation between Rabbi Yochanan and the Mishnah? And the second question is, right, Rav is even worse because if we assume, right, and that's the first note on my, the first note on my, uh, my note sheet, if we assume that, that, um, that, Yadonal Tachtona means you can't be Chosrubo, right? Yadonal Tachtona is a penalty for doing something you can't do. So then Rav fits with neither position in the Mishnah, with, right? Neither side of it. Because the Mishnah says that, right, whoever's Chosrubo is Yadonal Tachtona, which means nobody should be Chosrubo. And Rav says both people can be Chosrubo. So we have two Amarayim allegedly set up as interpreters of the, um, of the Mishnah, neither of whom correspond to the Mishnah if we make, right? Uh, Rabbi Yochanan structurally can't correspond because there's no non-reciprocity in the Mishnah, and Rav doesn't correspond if we make the assumption that to say that your Yechol Lachzerbo would mean that it's not Yedchal Tachtona, right? We, we're treating Yedchal Tachtona as a punishment for doing something that you're not really allowed to do. We could resolve it differently and say, no, you can do whatever you want, but doing what you want doesn't mean there aren't consequences to what you do, and then we would resolve that. Okay, so that brings us to the same notion. Teimosha, so we're reading through this Teimosha, reading the Sugi in order, he says as follows. Rav Amar, Ki li b'nei Yisrael avadim, Tama da pol yachol lachzor bo kamifaresh. So Rav is explaining why a pol is able to be chozer So that's an interesting question, Teimosha, we would say, okay, ma, you know, man de karshmei, who said a pol can be, can be chozer I read the mission, I thought the pol can't be chozer because they're dole tachtona. But the Teimosha starts off with the assumption that Rav is explaining this position, why a pole can be chozer bo, the hachis virile rav, ein yisrael konin zeetzev, right, so that's just quoting Rav's next line of the Gemara, kilomer, de ein kone oto, shiye meshubad lo, veshlol yechol lach zorbo. Okay, so pretty much this point has not, he's introduced a new category of poel yechol lach zorbo, and other than that, he hasn't done anything but repeat Rav. Right, that's right, that's basically, that's as far as we go, so we have not advanced greatly in our understanding of Rav, um, except that we've assimilated him to the position of Cholachsob. Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Eved Ivrihim Atnisa, Sirbe Moshe does wild things. It's Rabbi Yochanan, Paliga Le Derav, Be'ino Kimta Dimasnisa. Rabbi Yochanan disagrees, uh, Rabbi Yochanan disagrees with Rav about the Okimta of the Mishnah. So the first thing we learn is, oh, Rav made no Kimta on the Mishnah. Who said Rav made no Kimta on the Mishnah? But now we know that Rav, Yochan, Rav made no kimt on the Mishnah, and Rav Yochan disagrees with it, right? Which is a reasonable understanding. If the second position of Machlokit says the Mishnah is about this, then you must have thought the Mishnah is not about this. Right? So, okay. Uh, the Rav, but now we have this amazing line, the Rav, because Rav, whom we somehow know is explaining the principle of Paul Yachol Lachzorbo, even though we never saw him say that. Um, uh, the Rav, the Rav, the Rav, the Rav, 
Okay, so Rav argues with the Mishnah. Because right, so the Mishnah the Mishnah says a pole can't be chosarbo. Why does the Mishnah say a pole can't be chosarbo? Because the Mishnah says yodo alatachtona. So the Pemosha has two assumptions so far. One is that Rav means Rav holds pole yachalachzarbo, and the other is that because Rav holds this, it must be right. He must be disagreeing with the Mishnah. Now to say that Rav holds pole yachalachzarbo, to say that Rav holds holds pole yachalachzarbo. And he disagrees with the Mishnah, must mean that the Mishnah is talking about a pole. So now we have discovered Rav Zokimta on the Mishnah. Right? That when the, the, our Mishnah, even though the Mishnah says Umanin, to Umanin right? Rav must think that means pole because Rav holds pole Yachalachzerbo and Rav disagrees with the Mishnah. Pole instead of Kapalamidin or? Ah, so we have to figure out what pole is. Well, let's assume let, that's a reasonable assumption is that pole means as opposed to Kabbalah. Uh, okay, so so Rav is really poel because Rav thinks that the Mishnah is talking about poel, and the Mishnah says v'katani adol tachtona v'al korchach demuki lemasnisin kiman de omar de af poel eno yochalachzerbo v'hilchachim chazarbo yadol tachtona. Okay, so now we have constructed Rav's position and Rav's reading of the Mishnah. Right, Rav thinks that there is a machloket. One person says Paul Yochel. One, one, so far as we know, utterly hypothetical outside of him position holds Paul is Yochel Lachzerbo. The Mishnah takes the opposite position, which is that Paul is no Yochel Lachzerbo. Right? Rav acknowledges that's the shot in the Mishnah because that's what Yedol Tachtona means and says, but you're wrong. Okay, whether that's because Rav has another bright system or because Rav Tanahu Palig is not our issue right now. Okay. The Kamar Rabbi Yochanan. That Rav means Paul as just a synonym of Umanim? It's just a. Synonym. Well, except that Rav Yochanan is going to disagree with Rav, right? right. So, but Rav Yochanan is going to say it's not a worker at all, it's an Evadibri. Uh, let's see what Rav Yochanan says before we get there. Okay. Because uh, it's not really an Evadibri, right? We're not going to say Uman means Evadibri in the sense that we're talking about buying somebody. I think that that would be a very extreme reading. Right, it has to claim that there's a kind of Paul who has the same halacha as Evidivri. Uh, okay, right, so now we have the Pemosha's axis is Paul and Kabbalan. Rav says the Mishnah is about Paul and wrong. And Rav Yochanan says, first of all, the Mishnah is not about a Paul at all, it's about a Kabbalan. So Rav Yochanan is now free to say whatever he wants about a Paul. Uh, why? The dinok evid ivri bezed in a yochalachzerbo, because a kablan is like an evid ivri in that a kablan cannot be chozerbo. Meaning again, not that you can compel into specific performance, but it is yado al tachtona. Okay, kimo evid ivri shekanui hu gufo lizman, right? Like an evid ivri who is. Your property for the sake, right, for the period of the of the time, hilcha chudi hilcha Okay, so the amazing thing is, right. So what it comes out saying is that Rav holds pole yachol and therefore disagrees with the Mishnah, where Rabbi Yochanan says no, the Mishnah agrees pole yachol Right, so why can't you just say that this is Rob's opinion too? 
he's not arguing. Yeah, so this is like a very complicated, it's a very complicated claim, right? It looks, right, why is it that we care, right? Why have we created this complicated okimta of Rav, right? Why don't we just say that Rav and Rabbi Yochanan agree, right? Because why is the Paul Yochel Lachzerbo according to Rav Yochanan? Why not? Because of Kili B'nei Yisrael Vadim. Now, how Rabbi Yochanan ends up with this wild rusher that Kili B'nei Yisrael Vadim means that a poil can be Chozerbo but not a Kablan, well, so that's part of our underlying tension. How can there be a pasuk when there's a category called evidivri, right? So whatever. So Rav Yochan just says, but but the question you're asking is exactly the right question according to Pnei Moshe, as we set it up, right? Which is, but he says this is the implication of the language of Rav Yochanan is that they're arguing about the pshat in the Mishnah. Now, and we have this irony now that Rav Yochanan interprets the Mishnah so it agrees with Rav. So why are they arguing? So according to Pei Moshe, says, ah, that's why the Yerushalmi has to say, aldate, aldate. Because based on what we've said so far, we'd have no reason to understand, we, have, we don't understand why there's a machloket. So we need to explain why there's a machloket. What's the machloket? The machloket is, um, right, he's going to say, and then we'll, we'll get it inside. The machloket is, is about the balabayas. Because if you say, if you say that the Mishnah is talking about a poem, and the Mishnah says that, and the Mishnah says that um, that Yedonal Tachtona both ways, so then you'll have to say that in whatever case the poem can't be the, if the poem can't the Mishnah thinks the poem can't be choser, but the Balabayas can't be can't be can't be choser, but either, and then Rav, who disagrees, is totally free to say whatever he wants, but according to Rabbi Yochanan. Uh, according to Biochanan, since the Mishnah is talking about a Mishnah a Kablan, uh, so we're going to have to say. Actually, I'm, I'm not going to get straight yet. Let's read it inside. Yeah, so is the implication yeah. that from the perspective of the Baal Bias, the Baal Bias being Kozer, there's no distinction whether he's Kozer for a Poel or he's Kozer for a Kablan. Yeah. Right? So if he's saying that the Mishnah is saying that the in the case of the Kablan, He's not. He can't be chozer because it says yadol tachtona. Right. Then it means that similarly in the case of a poil, he would also be required to say that the ball bias in a chozer Even though the poil could be. Right. And that I mean that's what how they interpret Rivyochman's position. Okay. Let's see if that works. And right as opposed to what's in your in your hypothesis now. What's the in what case is there a machlokus Ravin Rivyochman who says what? In the case of the, so certainly in the case of the Balabayas with the Poel. The Balabayas and the Poel, so what should happen? Rabbi Yochan, you said, since he says that the, po, that the mission is about a Kabbalah and the Balabayas can't be Choserbo, therefore the Balabayas can't be Choserbo in the case of the Poel either. Whereas Rav, since the mission. that's talking about a Kabbalah, then he's. No, Rabbi Yochan says about a Kabbalah. He's talking about a Poel, so he's totally unbound by the position of the, of the Mishnah. And he can say that um, the he can't. can also. Right. Can, so and, and that's the opinion that the Gemara. Right. Starts. Okay, excellent. Right. So Yerushalmi is going to claim that, by, that we can construct a possible position for Rav. So what the Gemara sets up as a machloket, Yerushalmi says a machloket between Rav Yochanan and Rav really is a way in which there could be a machloket between Rav Yochanan and Rav if we wanted there to be. And the way we create that machloket essentially is by. Freeing Rav from the Mishnah so totally that he can say whatever he wants. 
Okay, now the problem is that you, how did you derive Rabbi Yochanan's position entirely from Svara? In terms of saying that, from the, in, the, in terms of the Baal Bayit being closer, that there shouldn't be any distinction. Between right. The, there's no basis for Rav's vision at all. For whose position? For Rav's understanding at all, right? We have no Svara. Right? Okay, right. but that's... Yeah, okay, right. So that's what the Pei Moshe does. He ends up by creating just this, right, this completely source and Svara-free space, which is what would happen in the case of the Balabayit and the Poel if you didn't have the Mishnah. But setting aside Rob, just looking at Rabbi Yochanan on his own, yeah. by making this distinction between the pole and the Kablan, saying that the Kablan is a case of, um, of a, you know, which is equivalent to Evidivri, wouldn't it, that only works on, on the um, pole slash Kablan side of the equation. Right. Right? So I think you would have to, well, um, I could get fairly easy as far as say no. Rabbi Yochanan says that since the Kablan can't be choser, there, since the, the therefore the, the Balabayas can't be choser in that case, but since the pole can't be choser, Bo, so the Balabayas can too. No, but the analogy doesn't hold, right? Because by Evadivri, is it true then Evadivri that, I mean, there the Good question. could be choser, he could always let the guy go. Good question, but the pole is not an Evadivri, according to Rabbi Yochanan. Right, and the pole can be because he can be choser both. So why don't we just say the balabayas can be choser both too? Because that's only fair, right? So I think we end up, according to Pei in a completely svara free zone and a completely evidence free zone. What we have is a really interesting way of reading the Gemara, right? A really interesting way of reading the right, which which solves some of the right, which solves some of the textual problems. If they really are textual problems in the Rishonim, right? Maybe they're imposed by the Bavli, right? Because maybe that the language of, of X Omar and then followed by Omar X in the in Rishonim doesn't mean the same thing as the Bavli, right? But if you work on the assumption that we that those are textual problems, the Pesach has come up with a way of solving those problems. Um, but I don't think you understand anything at the end of it. But you know, you've created these really cool shit. <laughs> okay, right? So that's how we do it. Right? So, I mean, Arya did it did it beautifully. Um, right, and you can watch how the Pemosha sets it up. So Right, so that's sort of the whole thing we're putting in. Right, even if you were to say, meaning I can't prove that you're going to say it. Right, I haven't proved that you say it so far. Because we really don't know Rabbi Yochanan's position at all. All Rabbi Yochanan said is what the Mishnah is about. It doesn't tell you what Allah is in the case the Mishnah is not about. Right, so all this is just radical speculation. Right. So if we hold that Rav says pol because that's what we think Rav means by Kili B'nei even though nothing about that says anything about a pol as opposed to a Kabbalah. And we think that Rav Yochanan says pol because why not? Says <laughs> he doesn't think the mission is about pol. Below pligi elu b'perusha demasnisen. And if we, therefore the only thing they're arguing about is what the mission is about. Afilu hachi nafkemina ladina ike benayilin in the balabayas. We can still, right, I'm going to argue we can still construct a nafkemina. Again, this mandas really, we haven't heard of anybody yet. But, right, but let's assume there is such a mandas really. So that must mean they started already. Reasonable claim. Again, this is what the Mishnah holds, which Rav doesn't agree with. 
The hashda. So now, l'didei according to Rav, the polygon must nisin. The sfirle poly lachzer b'liolam b'filu hitchiv b'malacha. Hachanami sfirle de gam b'alabayis yochal lachzer b'why. Just because he disagrees with the Mishnah in one line, who says right about the about the poll, who says he disagrees about the Balabayas? Uh, right, and he never really answers that question. Well, right, but he seems to be premised on the notion that nothing's binding. Not, nothing is, you know, eternally. You know, you know, is okay. That's a reasonable svara. That right. That if you hold like Rav, therefore it must right. But Rav never said it. Right, you can't prove that Rav said it. Oh, Rav, maybe Rav said. A special luck of a pole. Is that any show which seems to be you know some sort of symmetry? No, it means that the employer can't be going to the end. Right, right, but it's not a mutual relationship. It's it keeps the employer right. I understand the temptation. No, no, but no, because if you're gonna, but I think that if you're gonna, if you're gonna take the notion of evid, right, and apply it to a freely. You know, consensual employment situation, then you'd say neither side can be bound. Okay, reasonable for to say that if there's no kidyon, there's not nothing. There's nothing binding, mm-hmm. right? But then the old question is like, what's a contract? Well, so implicitly, it might be that that. Yeah, yeah, we're right. We're, we're we're whole, we're we're having lots of fun, right? Right. And all this is driven also because we don't actually say that there's no contract. Because we say you don't all talk, right? Right. Right. We, but we want to say if it's really you're really free that it's not even you don't talk to no, right? Right. I think the notion leaves you in leaves you in um, leaves you well, in deep. It might be that in fact, yeah. it might be saying that in fact employment contracts are not enforceable. The same way, you know, there's some notion that in American law there may be some notions whether it's a non-compete or certain certain things that are. Often in these, you know, there's often a question. Well, would it be enforceable? Yeah, but not enforceable in terms of specific performance. They're not even enforceable either way. Right? Employment contracts are purely at will contracts all the time, according to Rav. Mm-hmm. Either side can negate either time, any time. Right? That's an interesting conception, right? If we just wanted to have fun with the pay we can say, look, the, the pay motion has set up our full spectrum. He has the Mishnah, which holds that employment contracts are which is. Again, Pei is reading sensitively in that way, right? Because we said if we just read the Mishnah, Pashup Shad is employment contracts are like all other contracts. So that's the hypothetical position of the Mishnah, which in the context of Poalim rejects both Rav and Rabbi Yochanan's applications. Rabbi Yochanan says it's different Okimta, and Rav objects it, right? So the, what you're left with the Pei Moshe is the Mishnah says employment contracts are contracts. Rav says employment contracts don't exist. And Rabbi Yochanan has this inter- interesting intermediate position now, we don't know what Rob says about Kablanim, also, we should point out. Right? We could construct a position that Rob says that neither side can be chosen by Kablanim. Everyone can be chosen by Polim, right? And the, right, we could. Again, you know, I, I think that you only understand this if you realize that Pseimosha just doesn't care because he doesn't think that the Yerushalmi influences Halacha. Right? That would be my thesis. Um, and he's just trying to read the text, and good for him. But, okay. Um, Right, so Red Arya got it entirely right, right? So now Rav Yochanan says, Al Dati Rav Yochanan, the first place is the Kabbalmari, the Chavit Shitzka, Malach and Yochalach, the Roy, the Mkhozer, the Tachton, the Chain Balabayas. Ulidei, the Bepoel, the Bepoel, the Yochalach, the Roy. How do we know that Rav Yochanan is Moda by Poel? We have absolutely no idea. We just invented that. Right, having invented the position of Rav Yochanan, the, the idea that Rav Yochanan is Moda to Rav, about that, why do we get it? We get it really, we get it because 
the language of the Gemara implies that Rabbi Yochanan is only cholik about the Okimta of the Mishnah and not about the underlying principle. So, right, so having constructed Rabbi Yochanan as agreeing with Rav Halacha on the explicit content of Rav's statement, Right, in Cain, Shamina led Rabbi Yochanan, the Olam in Cain, Shamina, the Sphere of Rabbi Yochanan, the Balabai is Eri Yochalachs or Bolachar Shukhil Malacha, Kirikatani Masnisin. Rabbi Yochanan Masnisin Hilkasi, Uva Balabai is what Arya said, Ain Chilak bin Po Lakablin. Right, so that's a really, that's the closest thing to Svara we get. Which I point out, there's a very simple response to it, which is equity. Of course, there's a difference to the Balabai is between being bound by a contract which the other party is bound by and being bound by a contract which the other party is not bound by. Right, that's the simple. I think that's the simplest explanation in the world, right, as to why there'd be a difference. So, so according, just so that I'm, I'm yeah. understanding, according to this reading, Rabbi Yochanan is saying that a kablam, that, that somebody somebody agrees that they're going to, you know, paint your paint your fence or whatever. Right. Right. That they can't get out of it. Right. But if they were an hourly worker, they could. Right. But, and, but if but they, the, they've they've done your fence halfway, they don't like you or whatever. That's it. They have to finish it. And and he's sort of loosely basing that on the whole idea of a vidibri. Yeah. And, Rav Yoch, but, and, and the Balabayas can never be Choserbo. But again, in all this, it's only about, the whole, the whole issue is just Yodanala Tachtona. Right? The, the consequence of, if we say you can't do it, all that means Yodanala Tachtona. We never, right? There's no okay. specific performance on ever on a worker. Right? We never make you actually do it. And there's, right, whatever that the equivalent would be for, a, uh, for an employer, um, right? There's no equivalent of that either. And how do we know that that's what? That, how do we know that that's what Enoyachol loves or means? Uh, we don't. We we're assuming it. Okay. Okay. Right. Many, many, many assumptions. <laughs> many, 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 many assumptions. <laughs> uh, okay. I will tell you. Right. That that the, the first assumption he makes that Rav means Paul Yachol Lachserbo is because that's what it says in the Bavli. Okay. Right. So that right. And that's again. Pemosha is always driven, despite his denial, is always driven by the Bavli. Um, okay, so now we turn around. We go to the Ridbaz. Okay, so the Ridbaz. Um, again, right now, so now we're in uh, early, early twentieth century, um, floating between uh, Europe and uh, Chicago. Um, so Ridbaz says the following: Rav Amar Kili Bnei Yisrael Vadim Ein Yisrael Konin Zel Zeh Perished as Harahu Shloim Acher Yisrael Yisrael. So this is a lota say. Okay, that's also like we're just get right. That's a lot to say. Maybe okay, reasonable, not descriptive but evaluative. Again, I, that's an amazing thing in light of. Is it really a lot to say or just ethical advice? No, Azhara means lot to say. Azhara okay. is technical language. Uh, I think that would be my take. There's a whole sefer mitzvah called the Vihizir. right? Uh, right, it means v'tziva. Right, so that's the equivalent of v'tziva. Um, okay. So this is an amazing thing along the way what Marty suggested. It's a two-way prohibition. You can't sell yourself and you can't buy someone else. No, but, so this sounds like when you say there's three people involved. It's that, that Ruvain cannot sell Shimon to I don't need. I don't and know. Now we think, and similarly, and just like Reuven isn't allowed to sell, and that's the actual law that Reuven isn't allowed to sell Shimon to Levi, and 
So now the the mirror of that is, therefore, it's also a bad thing for Levi to purchase Shimon, whether it's he's purchasing Shimon from Reuben or from. And I don't think you need Reuben, right? Shimon is not allowed to sell himself. Why not? You sell your, that's how you usually sell. You sell yourself as an Evid. I know, but how can you say that that's a love if it's explicitly allowed in the Torah? Oh, good question. But it would be allowed to sell someone else. That's an interesting claim, and nobody's allowed to traffic it? So that would be a very nice Kiddush. I don't think he says it, but that would be a very nice Kiddush. I would go, I would go for it if he introduced third parties. But, but uh, that's what he says here. Because shame shim is hard with Yisrael. No, it's only macher, not to be sold. No, no, he's, he's saying he's saying the list, but he's saying the the Israel. Yeah, shalim macher, right, not to be sold to. Instead of doing it in the passive, lim maybe it's lim kor. No, lim kor is to sell. That would require an object. Lim macher. No, not lim kor Israel. It's only macher. I think Arya is saying that lim Israel and chaviro are two. Yeah, you're missing the yud. You have to. I think there's a yud there. It really is the passive. Right, Musar Yisrael Shaloli Macher Yisrael Chaveiro Beevid. Not to sell yourself, not to be sold, not to yourself be sold to another Jew as a slave. Sorry, in your reading, you'd have to say the Yisrael and Chaveiro are two different people. Right. right. No, though that's true. No, no. Right. There's a this is as Haral Shemusar Yisrael Jew Jew one is commanded Shaloli Macher not to be sold. To Jew number two, his friend, as an Evid. Right. And I read it as not lowly mecher. Not to sell. Right. So it depends whether you read it as limkor or limacher. Depends whether you read limkor or limacher. I think it's limacher. If you still stand to it at the end, then okay. But for now, let's work on it as limacher. I understand. There's a good missing one way, there's above missing the other way. Okay, so to the the Jew B is is required not to buy a Jew as Evid. Okay, we have another. Ushnehem Now he tells you clearly. Right, the two of them are 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 commanded. Okay, so now we can say this. So the person themselves is not right. So we're still we can still leave our possibility open. That's, I think there's still only two people, and so you know you're just doing what the Bavli did, right? <laughs> In the Mishnah, right, By introducing a, a third party. Okay, why? Does Harahush the Ain Yisrael Konin Because the the Torah's command is that Jews don't buy each other. The Ain Azara Alamaknayu Termin Hakune. And right, and the commandment does not is not imposed on the seller on the buyer any more than on the seller. Right, so here it's getting harder to do it because right, yeah. it never mentions the third party. The Abraisa the Abraisa the Rabbi Yochanan Mezakeh Meseches Kedushin Dachaf Bedam Bet. The Dorish of Adai Heim Lavadim Lavadim. So we're going to assume that's just going to be a black, blank text for us right now. Hazharazot al Shnehen, the Ain Yisrael Konin Zelzet. So wherever that price that comes from, it teaches you Lavadim Lavadim, which is not the Gemara. All we have is Ain Konin Zelzet. So we know there's a price elsewhere which says Lavadim Lavadim. So that means, right, that is a mutual claim, right? Just like Ribis, right? That's what we're modeling it on here. Right? The Rabbis is getting it from Ribis, right? Where the, the Ribis, the Isser, is. On, right, and it would help Arya in a sense. Ribis the Yisra is on the lender and on the borrower, and also on everyone who facilitates the, the transaction. So he's taking the same model here, right? Even though you might think there's a victim and right, there's a powerful person and, un- and, a, and a weak person, and the powerful person has the prohibition, not the weak, right? Why should there be a prohibition against a a lender? 
against a borrower, a borrower paying excessive interest if that's the only loan they can get, right? The answer is no. When we have these things, we ban it both ways for whatever reason. Well, we could talk about whether it's social policy or because it's really evil both ways. Um, okay. Okay, so this is all Rav. Rav says that the prohibition, whatever prohibition of slavery is set out here, which somehow has to be carved out of the general permission of slavery, whatever that prohibition is, applies um, mutually. And Rabbi Yochanan disagrees. The prohibition goes only on the seller. Oh, at the end of the day, maybe it always is a prohibition to sell yourself as an Evid. It's not a prohibition to buy, right? That's an amazing claim, right? This is like, you know, the, the uh, right, we can talk about all the vice things, right? Where, right, where it's only, uh, it's only, uh, it's only us to be the seller, and not, right, not us to be the buyer, right? So we've created a situation like that. Uh, at the slave market, the only people we'd arrest are the slaves. <laughs> right, that's, that's where we are. Right, that's where we are. Well, you say... It, <laughs> the potential slaves. But it's also, it's the fact that they are selling themselves. Right, absolutely. So we tell you, we're going to do something about your refusal to respect your freedom, which is we're going to lock you up. <laughs> <laughs> so the same so the question so again so the, the anal- an, an analogy to that would seem to be like you know with prostitution I agree as I said like vice cases the only ones you'd arrest would be the prostitutes but the, the men who are right the poor slave owners who can't right, who can't withstand their temptations I, I don't find this the world's most compelling argument, as you can tell. But, you know, but obviously many policy, about many of these issues, many people have found a very compelling policy to say that we should only arrest the people who are, right, who are an extremist and not the people with money who buy them. But he also never explains how this applies to the case, to any of the actual cases. This is true. So let's, let's wait till he finishes, and then we'll ask that question. Well, but yeah. also, is, is there anything more compelling in the text that it's coming from that would apply to the the Evid selling himself versus the person acquiring the Evid? Well, if you take the language of the Bavli below Avadim Lavadim, so you could argue that's all it's all framed the perspective of the Evid, right? You have right if you, the, the model is Nirza, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It's wrong for the near the Nirza, right? We don't we don't take us anything through the through the Adon's ear. Right, right. Right? So we right, so we have models like that. We do, right? I, you know, again, I, I'm being a little bit, you know, a little bit sharp, mm-hmm. um, but it may not, maybe you know, somebody can say, "No, that's the way we set it up." But it, it's a weird thing to think because he's saying that Rabbi Yochanan is saying, "No, Evidibri is our Mishnah, and and it's not parallel, but our Mishnah, everything is explicitly parallel." Uh, that is correct. So now let's see how he plays it out. Let's see how he plays it out. Okay. All right. Because what does mean? You can be choserbo if so long, right? Any time for you not to be choserbo would be an iser. So according to Rav, both parties violate the prohibition if they have a binding contract. Therefore, both parties can get out of it. But according to Rav Yochanan, 
there's no prohibition on the employer entering into a binding contract. They're going to tell me, what? The employer is not selling himself as a slave by being bound by the contract. Right? How could you possibly say that the, that the employer is, right, is violating the prohibition of slavery by entering into a contract in which he is the only one bound? Right? That would be, that's how you make this look ridiculous, right? That's what he's, that's what, we could present Rabbi Yochanan saying that way, right? That the, right, that because there's a pro, the, prohibi- the prohibition applies to the employee but not the employer, therefore, the employer is, the employer who did nothing wrong is bound, and the employee who did something wrong is not bound, so if we treat it as a, as a desserts issue, that's absurd. But if we treat it as a pure level contract law, so the, Right? And if we treat the contract as separable, so the answer is the relationship between the employer and the employee was illegal, and therefore is not right, and therefore is not binding. Whereas the relationship, right, whereas the relation of the employer, the employer to the employee is not illegal, right? So we could assimilate this to models like Masnal Mashakasa Batara. Right? So if you right, if you try to set up a contractual relationship with a condition that violates the Torah, so the answer is what do we say? The Mas the is Kayam and the Tanai is Batil. Right, right, you're right, you're right. What you did is fine, just you can't enforce the pardons against it. So you entered into a contract. There's a clause in that contract which is against the Torah. Okay, that's not binding. You're telling me is it justice? No, it's not justice. It makes no sense at all, justice wise. Contractually, not binding, or just that, that clause? That clause, right? So we, it's a whole contract. And right, and we just, as, right, this is, when you write secular contracts, you have to put, right, so you often put in right, claims either one way or the other, right? Say that normally we say that contracts are a whole. So you put in a clause saying each of the right each of these con- each each clause of this contract shall be shall, shall be deemed shall be right shall be deemed enforceable even if any or all the other contracts are not right yeah. to, right they're separable, um, right. So what we say is you know we right here right we right and halacha has a right has a model for that which we call masnal mashakasa batura, right which said where we say that even if which, let's say the equivalent of saying even if you find one clause of this law unconstitutional the rest of the law shall still stand which. Which, which state assemblies pass or Congress passes often with a, clause, with a thing like that. And if you don't, then it becomes all sorts of major issues, right? So it came up with the health care law, right? Or if you invalidated the individual mandate, would that invalidate the entire law, the entire law or not? Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what the, the Ridaz, I think, makes um, perfect sense from a function, from a question of technical law. The question is, are you comfortable with an outcome which, um, if you're thinking about like big principles, avdus, things like that, right? So the result is odd. On the other hand, you could say, look, you know what? The end of it is we're happy because the end of it is that according to Rav, there are no contracts, right? The, the hypothetical position according to the, right, that really Rav ends up in the same position for the Ridbaz as he did for the Play Moshe, which is that contract, there simply is no such thing as an employment contract. Either side can be closer without penalty because he rejects them, right? Um, and um, right, and uh, we're as right um, now. How Rav relates to our Mishnah, though? How does he say Rav relates to our Mishnah? Um, I guess he also has to think that Rav rejects our Mishnah. I guess. Um, or he sort of hinted at in the Aldate the Rav. Because said, anyone who's closer, you have to all that stuff. Right, right, so that's a reasonable way to, a reasonable way to end up. Interpreting the Gemara is saying Rav has nothing to do with that Mishnah. 
Yeah, right, which is the same Moshe did also. And so we, always, we end up with the same, we have the Mishnah, which believes that the contracts go both ways. Rabbi Yochanan reinterprets the Mishnah to say that contracts are only binding on the employer. And Rav, who says there's no such thing as employment contracts at all. Okay, right, so we end up in a, in a similar place by a, a wholly different mechanism. Okay, so now we get to the Deed Nefesh. We read the Mishnah is talking about consequences, not requirements. Mm. Yeah, but he doesn't, because he thinks that Rav Yochan says that the Ebed Ivri is the Mishnah. So, right, so Rav Yochanan interprets the, right, Rav Yochanan... I don't understand what that means, though. So, actually, how does Rav Yochan read the word? Rav Yochanan read the Eno Kino Ebed Ivri who must nisin. Yisrael HaKona Eno Ovaraz Razel Zemasigal Das... Uh, sorry, my fault. I I I blew I blew it. My fault entirely. I missed. The, I forgot to tell you the one key. Watch the right. So let's go back to the text, right? So in the text, right. So notice that um, Rav Yochanan says Eved Ivrihi Mem Tuf Nun Yud apostrophe. Now Masni Sin means Mishnah, and Masni So means Brayta. Now let's take a look at what the Rebbe said. I'm sorry. Thank you. Rebbe says Eved Hu Matni which means that he's not talking about the Mishnah at all. Right? What they're arguing about is the is the meaning of the drasha the brayta that's quoted in the Bavli. And not relating to the Mishnah at all. Every that that he's the only one bound by Kilibin Yeah, thank you. Right. So the Ribaz, sorry, Michael, the Ribaz actually thinks that this Mahlogan is unrelated to the Mishnah. In the end, uh, right? I think that's right, and it's just, right. They're arguing about a brayta that does not appear anywhere in the text. It's just incorporated by reference in Rob's statement. So then, is there any? Is there, I don't know. Is there any clear reading? You know, is there any um, sense of then as a reading that each one might have of the Mishnah, or is that left? I don't know. I could say they're talking about Paul and everyone agrees the Mishnah is about Kablanim. Mm-hmm. I could say they're talking about Kablanim and everyone agrees the Mishnah is about Polim. I could do whatever I want, I think. Right. Well, no, because, well, at least the me explicitly interprets them as talking about Polim. Uh, could it use the word Polim? It uses the word Polim. You know, we make the word Umani whatever we want. <laughs> Uh, we'll show you at the end that you can make Paul and Newman are, are unfortunately interchangeable according to many interpretations. Okay, good. Uh, I, think, I think that was... Uh, thank you for catching that, Greg, because uh, that was very sloppy of me. Um, okay. Um, and I should have even put that in my notes. My fault. No, I did. Right? See, so look at the... Under disadvantages, in, right on my notes, under buzz, if you ready to... It says, Interpreter of Yochanan is making no kimpton Rob's brighter rather than in the Mishnah. You don't have my, I offered optional, okay. optional, optional access to my notes if you want to. Uh, okay, right, so you can tell, so you can see honestly, right, but that isn't something I just noticed now. <laughs> it was really there, it was just sloppy. Uh, okay, so now let's get to the Indian Nefesh. Uh, this is some early 20th century, I forget who wrote it. Uh, it happens to be on Barilan. It's very nice. Uh, it's a very good translation. Um, so Rav Amar, Oh, there again, we, we, assume, we assume that we know the Paul Yochel This is explicitly intended as the commentary of the Mishnah. No, as, as the Yushalmi. 
It's a running commentary which translates every which tra- which translates every right. It's really it's like a Steinzel's type thing that way. Um, so we start out the same way as Ridbaz is that we're doing is we're explaining which is not unreasonable. So as opposed to the Ridbaz who started off by saying that Rav interprets it as a mutual way, the first thing Yedinefesh says is no, that drasha in Rav is just to teach you one way. Amar Rabbi Yochanan Evidently, Mad Nason, Hatam Shechoser b'Mishnahu. Yeah. So, so can I ask? Yeah. Is it Masnisa or Masnisa? It's Masni. <laughs> it doesn't. The text doesn't have. The text doesn't finish it. It just has a chipshake, as we have it. Okay. Uh, right. So that's the first time we've had a text variant here, in in this sugya that matters. Uh, but you can understand how that's easy it's to. It's only your virtual variant. Pardon? It's only your virtual text variant. Uh, what do you mean? Meaning they don't actually disagree within the text. Just yeah, they just they don't they're they're, fill, they're they're disagreeing about how to fill in the chipchick. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, right? So the 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 it is obvious that it's the Mishnah. Hatam uh, Right now, what this is a really important line. He says the reason that you are closer in the Mishnah means the Mishnah says you are closer. Meaning that, as opposed to the previous people, certainly the Tzemoshnites, right, who said that Yodol Tachtona is the position that you can't be choser, he thinks Yodol Tachtona is the position that you can be choser. If you couldn't be choser, then we would have specific performance, right? We would require the employer to pay you for all the work, no matter what. We wouldn't, right, we wouldn't calculate the parts you left out, and we require the worker to actually do the work. Right, so on that on that thing, which utterly upends the, the relationship to the mission of every other of every other parish we've seen so far, right? Because now now Rav doesn't have to disagree. Rav can hold Poliachal Lachzer and not disagree with the mission. Right, so Rav Yochanan says, "Tam shechoser bo b'mishnah." Who could you argue that if the if the if the mission meant that he couldn't be choser, why would they just say, "Inu yachal lachzer And then what would the halacha be? What, what should you do if he tries? Well, specific performance. Right, so yes, right. So that's a reasonable argument. I could say that, right, the adult Tachtona, right? right? In order to say the adult Tachtona means he can't be, means that he, can, that he can't be Choser, but you have to assume that, you, that specific performance is not even in the Parsha. Right? Now, why would you say that? Because that's real Avdus. Right, that's right. The right, the right. The way to get the way to get to that result in the back of the right is to say that no, this right specific performance is out because everyone understands that's real avdus and this is not real avdus. And now the question is right, how far do we extend that that claim that you can't do a specific performance? But the Yedinevish uh, says no. Maybe we actually do consider real specific performance, and this Mishnah is representing the position that we don't have specific performance, which Rav and Rabbi Yochanan both agree about. Right. The only difference is that Rav. That, that Rav says it's because nobody is kona each other, and Rabbi Yochanan says it's because we apply Eved Ivri. What's the rule about Eved Ivri, right? They say, what's the difference, right? If right, they both hold Pol Yochel what's the difference, right? So that's reading like the plain Moshe, right? What's, our, what's the next stage of the Gemara, right? The next stage of the Gemara is Al Rav equals 
Bain Paul, Bain Balbais Yochel Lachzerbo, Kikemoshua Paul, Eno Meshubad Lebalim, Kacha Balim Lo Meshubad Lepoel. Right? So Rav says there's no Kenyan, there's no Kenyan, then there's no contract. Rabbi Yochanan says, yeah. Rabbi Yochanan says, Lashita Rabbi Yochanan, Shalom and me Evid Ivri Paul, Yochel Lachzerbo, Kemosha Evid Yachol at Seis Beemsa Sheish Shanim Vlo Balabayis. Right? Evid Ivri is a non-reciprocal relationship in that the Evid Ivri can buy his way out of the contract and you can't impose specific performance on an Evid Ivri if they have the money. But the Evid Ivri can, even if he has the money, can choose to stay. So we have a non-reciprocal, right? so we have a non-reciprocal relationship. So if we have a non-reciprocal relationship with Evid Ivri, why can't we have one here? Okay, so here I'm going to give you... What's the, log- it's the logic of the, the year where he says, Al-Date to Rav. Yeah. Rav says that... So he's, he's, he's learning ain't coin of Zelazet. There's no Kenyan. He's, not, he's, he's learning it less from the, from the precise aspects of the Evan Ivory relationship and more from the Drusha. So I'm going to make... I have a much sharper claim. I'll tell you right. Here's my claim. The way this lets out, according to Rav... The right, employment has to be completely free of any taint of Abdus, including Evid Ivri. Our whole goal is to set up a model of employment that is unrelated to Abdus. But he's understanding Abdus as, 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 as any, any burden that's imposed on the employer. No, any, any binding relationship between the employer and the employee, either way, mm-hmm. is a violation of Abdus. Or at least, right. Any binding impl- impl- relationship on the employer, which would entail any kind of re- reciprocity on the part of the of the of the employee. Now you're saying that that's saying something different. I, I don't see think it's, it's it's much more expansive notion of what abdus is. At least as transplanting abdus to the employer-employee relationship, it's uh, the contractual relationship. It's it's making anyone, any Jew, right, subject to you know forcibly subject to terms with someone else, at least in an employment contract. But not that, but, but don't think of that the, the EBIT only applies to the, the, the employee right. side of the You contract. could do that. I think it's simply to just say that since you can't have any, any binding terms on an employee, therefore obviously you can't have any employment terms on an employer, because that's just... Well, but then Rabbi Yochan is saying it's not so obvious. That's correct. So here's what I'm claiming. So is it is dispute something about whether it's obvious or not? Or is it no, here's what, here's what I want to claim. Right? See about it. According to the Indian Nefesh, According to Rav, the whole goal of halachic employment law is to say that it has no relationship to avdus. Eved Ivri is this wild exception, and there's a Torah, a lot of the Torah says you can't have anything like Eved Ivri. Right, that's right. And as soon as you set up any kind of binding relationship, that's like Eved, so that's usher. But Rav Yochanan says no, you're wrong. Eved Ivri is the model for employment relationships. Right, that's like it's like an enormous conceptual distinction, right? I think, right, I think, like, I think, right, I think it's a beautifully set up conceptual distinction, right? That that's Rav says, right? The whole purpose is that's a drusha that tells you that employment is unrelated to avdus, and anything that would make employment like avdus is usur. And Rabbi Yochanan says, why? The Torah, right? Obviously, the Torah, the Torah allows avdus, so the Torah means to say that th- there is permitted avdus and there's forbidden avdus. Right? Forbidden Avdus is Avdus that is not like Evid Ivri. 
All right, so I think. I would interpret, but it interprets being like Ebed Ibri as one in which the Ebed Ibri is the one with the power. That's correct. So the irony, right? They both agree, right? According to, according to Rav, the purpose is to ensure that the employee remains free. The price of that is, if the employee is free, then all the ordinary ordinary things of economics apply, and so the people with the employee will be will, right, will be subject to the whim of the employer. Right? There are all sorts of consequences to real right to absolute freedom in a realm which isn't economically egalitarian. Rabbi Yochanan says, I could say, now I'm, now I'm Rabbi Yochanan says, no, that's a fiction. That's not freedom. Right? The only way to establish freedom is to set up rules that favor the employee. And that's what evidivery is. Evidivery is a, right, is a way to balance the inherent inequity. Okay? So I think the definition, now whether he's shot in the Rishalma or not, right, I think that we, right, that we can leave, that we can leave open. But, elite, but the way he sets it up, you have, right, you have, first, you know, like, they're both, both positions are congenial to me. Um, right, in that, right, in that, um, it, right, in that they both recognize a fundamental value of freedom and the dangers of employment. And they have a, you know, and they have a really, you know, fundamental ideological debate, right, which is, is it worth allowing certain kinds of, right, certain kinds of relationships, or do we have to recognize certain kind of relationships and all we can do is regulate them in ways that create equity out of inequity, or no, right? Our goal is freedom, um, right? Let's say fair, right? So that, that I think is the right. So I want to argue that you'll you'll get right that for me, like this is a fundamental dispute, and that it would be really cool if it turned out that what's going on in the Bavli is play right. It turned out if this is really shot in the Rishalmi, and if it turns out right, that's really what's going on in the Bavli, right? So then we have right a, a whole re- a whole reorientation of everything that. Um, that we've done. Well, we should point out though that the Edith leaves out one big thing that everyone else talks about, which is he doesn't tell you he doesn't introduce a distinction to Paul and the Cobbler. Right. Well, so we, why, why can you say he, he this reading doesn't you know there's no distinction between Paul and the Cobbler in terms of these issues. Right. So we could do that. He also says that that. That say Yochalachsrabo doesn't prevent you from saying Adol Tachtonim, right? So that's also a big move, right? Because that right there, right? Because there are not economic consequences, right? So it's not, it's not, you know, it's not like it's not free liberal home, right? If you if you want, it's not necessarily where I want to end up, but he allows you to see, and I think that he gives a beautiful explanation. With however you end up saying it, of the Maklokas Rav and Rabbi Yochanan, that that's what's going on, that right, that because it, it fits in the drasha. That right, it fits in Rav Yochanan's language. That Rav's whole goal is to get rid of Avdus, and Rav Yochanan's whole goal is to take is to make Avdus the model. But he ends up saying for Rav Yochanan, who says Evidivri kimas nisen, right? He's saying Evidivri is the model for for this case. But then Rav Yochanan ends up disagreeing with the Mishnah. No, why not? Why? Because Rav Yochanan, ah. our Mishnah has reciprocity, and Rav Yochanan does not. Um, yeah, but um, it's not clear Rav Yochanan's consequences are. Like, there's still Yadol Tachtona either way. Rav Yochanan is just that, right. It's just that the employer, uh, the employer, right? I, th- I think in the end, right? Because he thinks that he thinks right. Because he thinks that anyway, it's um, it's uh, right. Any anyway, we so never. He's saying that the. I guess I don't understand. How you he's saying that, I think he's saying that the Balabayas 
if he tries to turn edge, the employee, the employee has the choice of either negotiating the adult Tartana or finishing the work at the original salary. And right, the employer is actually bound. I think that's what he would have to say. Um, I think so. Okay, you're asking the right question again. Uh, great, absolutely great. All right, thank you. That was, uh, that was much fun. And... Uh,